Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield, and I'm both the host and owner of VetTeamTraining.com. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at VetTeamTraining.com. Today, I'm going to take a trip down memory lane. I started this podcast a little over a year ago. I launched it with my book, along with a blog, along with a vlog, obviously trying to get the message out there that I had published a book and that I was hoping people would want to read it. And I'm always amazed that people actually listen to this podcast. And for those of you who are listening, thank you. It is a weird feeling to put yourself out there. It's a very uncomfortable space to be in. I I, I don't know that I'm ever going to get used to it, but I really do appreciate all of the support and the kindness that people have said about this podcast, about the vlogs, about the blogs. I, I'm really shocked, honestly. I just thought, who, who am I to go ahead and do a podcast? No one's going to want to listen to it. And one of the very first podcasts I've ever did was a topic I'm very passionate about. I titled it Assuming Good Intention, Assume Good Intention. And I talk about this in my book. I've also written a blog about this. Honestly, when I learned about what assuming good intention was, and it seems so easy, it is what it says it is. There's no hidden marketing message in any of it. It's just assuming good intention. But how do we get there and really let's dial into it? And so I decided to do this podcast again because I think this topic is so important. There's You could repeat this topic a million different ways and something's gonna resonate with one person and something completely different is gonna resonate with another person. So why do we need to know this very important thing? Shouldn't it just be said, just assume good intention and be done with it, people? Just freaking be nice, right? Wouldn't that be great? The reality is, is that veterinary medicine is full of cynics. Oh, yes, you are. You are all cynical. Guilty myself. I am also guilty as charged. And we need to be cynical for some extent, right? Especially for those of us in emergency medicine. I mean, all we see is sort of traumatic injuries, sick pets. It's hard to actually still contain your soul, any part of your soul, and take it home with you at the end of some of these days. One of the worst emergency days I ever worked, I had 14 euthanasias. The thing that helps protect me internally is some level of cynicism. It's terrible to say, but it is important, I think, that we do maintain a level of cynicism, but it's also unhealthy at some points. So let's just define out what cynicism is. What does it mean to be cynical? I mean, I think we all know what it means internally, but let's really dive into it. So by definition, it is cynical is believing that people are motivated purely by self-interest, distrustful of human sincerity or integrity. Oh, yeah. Um, as I'm reading this definition, I it's hitting the points for me, right? I think that's probably true for a lot of you. You're like, yeah, I am very distrustful of any human sincerity. People suck. That's why we went into veterinary medicine. Um, another definition of cynicism or being cynical, doubtful as to whether something will happen or whether it is worthwhile. Mm, we are, we're feeling that right now in veterinary medicine. Things are going to never get better. We are going to stay burned out. I don't even know why I'm in this job. It sucks. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Very, very cynical. So the last definition of cynicism is believing that people are distrustful and contemptuous of virtue, especially selfishness in others, believing the worst of others, especially the acts that other people are completely selfish. 
How many of you believe that most other human beings are very selfish? How many of you believe that most people are out to get you? How many of you believe that things are never going to get better or we're completely doubtful that situations are ever going to change? Oof. Yep, we have to own the fact that this is a cynical profession. Actually went down the rabbit hole of whether or not the veterinary profession is more cynical than others because I've heard lecturers say that there's studies out there and I have to be honest, I couldn't find a concrete study, but there is some truth to the fact that the veterinary population and most of the studies are geared after veterinarians, but I'm going to put in veterinary technicians, nurses, assistants. I'm going to put that right in there. And I'm going to also put in our veterinary receptionists. I think they need to be in the same pool with us because I think the whole profession's full of cynics, right? Um, so I kind of went down this rabbit hole. Are there some true studies and what does this look like? Well, there was a study uh, from 2014 titled Burnout and Engagement and its predictors in young veterinary professionals the influence of gender. And so it was actually based out of the Netherlands and they looked at 1,760 veterinarians that had graduated between 1999 and 2009. They sent them electronic questionnaire and basically 73% were females. So right on par with the United States. Um, and what they found was that the levels of exhaustion, cynicism, and work engagement were significantly higher than the normal population of Dutch workers working professionals. Isn't that interesting? That's crazy. Now, the differences between males versus females, they actually found that male veterinarians were less exhausted and more engaged than female veterinarians, but males were actually slightly higher on the cynicism scale. Interesting. So that was one study that I was able to find. And then I actually found another one out of the University of Guelph from 2013. So good old Canada. And again, I think this pertains to anyone worldwide who's working in veterinary medicine. And they found that actually people who were exhausted and cynical were associated with the presence of a toxic workplace environment, a reduced individual engagement, and that they were often full-time. I would agree with this. They also found that those who were part-time actually had less cynicism and they tended to be more engaged. Yep, I would agree with that. The people who are full-time tend to be the most cynical because they are working full-time. You know, that that is absolutely true. I would say that anecdotally. And the very last piece I could find was in 2017, and it was by Frontiers Veterinary Science, that journal, and it said, veterinarians and human endings, when is the right time to euthanize a companion animal? This was a very interesting article because it dove into sort of the emotional parts of what it takes or the decision-making behind euthanizing a companion animal. And you would think, where is cynicism actually in this? How does that play in this actual article? Well, interestingly, the they went into the problem of veterinary burnout in conjunction with euthanasias. And what they found is that a full 50% of medical clinicians, aka veterinarians, are most likely to suffer from burnout. And it specifically is characterized by emotional exhaustion, cynicism, and a negative self-evaluation. So very interesting. But they did also find a direct correlation between cynicism and burnout. Are we hearing this an awful lot? In all of these studies, we're hearing the actual correlation between cynicism and burnout. And I found this very interesting because when I started down this path in this rabbit hole, I honestly didn't think like, 
that I was going to find this direct correlation. You know, I often joke the veterinary profession is cynical. I admit to a massive amount of cynicism, usually as an emotional protection. But then I started thinking, why is that? Why do we need to be cynical in this profession? And at what point does it become unhealthy? And isn't this going back to assuming good intention? So I love Brene Brown. If you have no idea who I'm talking about, you need to just Google Brene Brown, Google everything by her, just start putting the audio book on, listen to her podcast, read her articles. She connects with people in a very realistic way that it's applicable to anyone of any industry. She came out with a book most recently called Dare to Lead. Absolutely, if you're in a leadership role, you need to go ahead and start getting your audio book on or read paper if you like to read paper or electronic. I don't care. You need to have this book in your life. It's absolutely amazing and she will connect with you and give you little tidbits. Even if you're the best boss in the whole world, uh, dare to lead, please check it out. So imagine the cartwheels I was doing as I was reading this book, Dare to Lead, when she started down the actual conversation of assuming good intention. I flipped my freaking noodle. Here's Brene Brown preaching about assuming good intention in this book. And I was like, yes, you go, girl. She explained it differently than I would, but it's still the same context. And I absolutely loved everything about it. And this is where the connection for me happened. As I'm reading this book, she writes about how her research has led her to find that 50% of people do not think that other human beings are doing the best they could. Those that share this belief, those that believe that other people are not doing the best they could, actually also struggle with perfectionism themselves. What? Here's the craziest thing, though. When you think about it on just that surface level, as soon as you hear what her research has led her to find out about people is that 50% of people That means half the population feel like other people are just not doing as good as they could have. Isn't that cynicism? That's exactly what cynicism is, right? That's the definition that we just defined. And it scared me just a little bit because if Brene's research has discovered that one out of two people are basically cynical most of the time, what is veterinary medicine? Eek! Uh, You know, if you could answer this just right now in your own head, How many of you are true cynics in your own hospital? My guess, I mean, I would have to say that on average, any veterinary hospital I've ever worked at, I'd go 70, 80, maybe 90%. Oh my gosh, wow. That's so terrible that we automatically assume someone's not doing their best or that they are actually out to get us. That's really terrible. I want you to think about someone who really frustrates you, who angers you, or even causes you some sort of resentment. They're usually upsetting you because you assume they're either getting in your way of happiness, they're personally attacking you some sort of way, they're causing you some sort of malicious harm on purpose or they're not doing their best, which is causing you some sort of, you know, anxiety or stress that shouldn't have to be there. Shouldn't have to be there, can't they just do their damn job? Now I want you to assume good intention and say maybe that person really is doing their best. Maybe it's not about me at all. Maybe they have other things going um, on behind the scenes that I'm not seeing. Isn't it a less stressful mindset to assume good intent rather than get all worked up about something that probably isn't actually a thing? 
However, many of us will just choose to stay in the resentment and the anger and the frustration, believing everyone else is out to get us. They're just simply not doing their best. I'm the only one who's trying. It's on purpose that they're failing. It's probably not. Most people who do things that aren't living up to our standards, maybe that really is their best effort, or maybe that's just them. And if we go back to Brene's actual research, where she wrote that those who share the belief, share the cynicism, struggle a lot with perfection themselves. Isn't that the truth, actually? If we do a deep dive into our own emotional intelligence, we have to admit that when someone puts the burden on us, if someone doesn't live up in their job performance, if someone is struggling with something in our lives, let's just say you cohabitate, your spouse, your significant other, they're not cleaning the house as much. They're not, okay? You believe that they should be cleaning the house more, but they're not. And it puts the burden on you. And how are you going to keep the house clean? How is everyone going to, who comes into the house going to know that this is a well-kept house? And what does this look like for you? So that's where the perfectionism comes in because we have a perception of how the house should be cleaned. It should be cleaned a certain way. And when someone else who cohabitates with us isn't doing their part, it's a direct reflection on us. And that's where we struggle with our perfectionism. So this is a very complex situation, right? It's not just about assuming good attention. It's about assuming good intention, not only for the benefit of the other person, but also probably for ourselves as well. Ooh, things got real deep, people. So let's go into some scenarios because I think I'm going to share one recently with you. I got called out on Facebook and this is completely my fault. So I had a friend who posted a picture of a beagle. She does not own a beagle. In this post, she wrote, does anybody know this dog? He's been running around the neighborhood, finally got a hold of him. I looked for two hours, didn't see anyone looking for him. I've called the dog officer, but unfortunately they're off for the day. I'm going to hold the dog here. If anyone knows who this dog belongs to, please let me know. I'm going to post it on a couple other social media sites that are local. Great. She then writes, update, great news. Dog has been reunited with pet sitter. I guess the pet sitter unfortunately lost the dog and it was eternally happy that she got the dog back. To which I write, "What? you know what I wrote, right? I immediately went cynical. I literally wrote hashtag great pet sitter, wrote a snarky face in there and wrote don't hire her. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me assuming bad intention of somebody else. This person was a failure. This person failed to do a pet sitting job. This dog got loose. It took her hours to find this dog. If this was my pet sitter, I would be so mad. I would never use him again. Are you kidding me? I can't even believe this person is a pet sitter. I bet you that's just somebody who thinks that they're a pet sitter. They probably have no credentials whatsoever. They have no animal handling experience. They're just probably also pocketing this money and not even paying their taxes. Ooh. If anyone else's brain went there, yeah, you're as cynical as me. You want to know what someone posted underneath that? Amy, it's a beagle. And unfortunately, beagles like to escape a lot of times. It's quite possible that this individual opened the door and the dog ran past her despite her being the best pet sitter in the world. She was out looking for the dog. She must have been pretty upset. I called myself out on it immediately. I said, you're absolutely right. I definitely stepped out of line there and I did not assume good intention. And you're 100% right. She was probably pretty upset about that. 
So this is what we're faced with on a daily basis. Our cynicism gets the better of us. But we know in these studies and we know just from anecdotal evidence that our cynicism is the thing that's leading to burnout. Our cynicism is actually rewiring our brain to be more negative more of the time. This is actually other studies that have been done where negative individuals unfortunately have shortened neurosynapses. And what this means is that they can't process hard problems or have as good of cognitive reasoning. Uh, People who are in negative mindsets more often don't sleep as well. They suffer from anxiety more. They actually suffer more chronic illness and ailments. And they actually have a shortened lifespan. All of these have been studied with negative mindset individuals. And cynicism, when we think about it, if it happens too often, it is a negative mindset for us. And that is what assuming good intention is. So here's another example of assuming good intention. Many years ago, I answered a phone call. I live in New England. There are ticks almost year round. Lyme, Connecticut is actually the town in which Lyme disease was named after. I don't live that far from that, actually. So we see a heavy prevalence of ticks. But sometimes you get new dog owners or dog owners that move into this area, and they are freaked out by ticks. Meanwhile, I'm pulling them off by the handfuls on my own dogs at any given day, especially in the spring and in the fall. So I'm very used to ticks. They don't bother me. I don't love them. It's not like I'm like, woo, ticks, yay. No, they absolutely still make me sick to my stomach, but I can handle it. Owners will call up and they will be actually upset that there is a tick on their dog. I remember having a half hour conversation with a woman trying to talk her off a ledge. She was hysterical. There's a bug and its head is embedded into my dog. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I said, okay, it's probably a tick. It's a tick. She's screaming into the phone. I said, yes, they're very common this time of year. Oh my God, diseases. How do you get it out? I said, well, you can just go ahead and just pluck it out with some tweezers or if you're not comfortable doing that, they do make actually something called like a twisty tick thing. You can go to the local pet store and pick it up. Oh my God. Oh my God. I want it off. I want it off. Can I, I looked online. Um, can I put Vaseline on it? I said, that doesn't, that's not really that effective. I would just recommend pulling it off. Oh my God. What about vodka? Somebody wrote vodka. Should I just go ahead and pour vodka on it? No, that's probably not real recommended either. Someone said, light a match and put the smoke near the tick and that will make the tick back out. And I said, no, And then she said, well, the problem is if I pull it out and I leave the head in, the body will grow back. Actually, that's not true either. Um, So you're just going to you're just going to pull it out. Okay, 30 minutes of this. We went through. Can I bring the tech in to get it tested for Lyme disease? My dog must have Lyme disease. Is he going to die? Um, I need this tested. What happens if one attaches to me? Should I go ahead and get on antibiotics because I don't want Lyme disease? If I touch it, will I get Lyme disease? What does this look like? What about my kids? Yada, yada, yada. I was just done with this conversation. And here's what went through my very cynical brain. This woman is an idiot. I cannot believe I have to put up with this. I have better things to do. You've got to be kidding me. I don't even know why I'm wasting this time. We're not even charging this client for anything. My time's more valuable than this. This woman is driving me insane. She's doing it personally to attack me. I'm sure of it. I hung up the phone call and then I started to vent to everybody. I said, you guys, you're not going to believe this. Oh my God, this client was on the phone. She kept me on the phone for like 30 minutes and she was going on. Can I burn the tick off my dog? I was like, no idiot, don't do that. And then can I pour vodka on it? Where the hell are you getting this information? And I went on and on and on and on to my team. 
And that's when someone said to me, Amy, maybe she was just really worried because she's never seen a tick before. And she decided to call us because we're veterinary professionals and she really loves her dog. Aw, snap. That colleague of mine did like one of the best mic drops ever. I literally was speechless. I was like, she's completely right. I mean, I sound like a total jerk. I sound like an asshole. I am completely cynical. And at that time, actually, I didn't have a definition for it. I didn't know what assuming good intention was. There wasn't somebody to say, hey, just assume good intention um, and snap me out of it. I didn't know that term, but I very quickly recognized that my behavior was out of control. And in that time, I was just spewing this negativity and giving away all my energy when really it wasn't that big of a deal. Just wait another hour or two. Someone else is going to call about another tick. That's not the big deal. You know, wait a a couple of of months and some other pet sitter is probably going to lose a dog. And again, assume good intention. That person didn't maliciously open the door and say, good luck, be I hope your owners find you when you come home on vacation. No, they didn't. They didn't do it on purpose. And that woman didn't purposely annoy me. She was just really struggling with a bug. And instead of being compassionate and empathetic towards her, I was kind of a jerk, to be honest. I treated her with nothing but respect on the phone. But internally, my brain was screaming all of these obscenities. And so when we give our, our energy away, when we give away that positivity, we become filled with this negativity. And again, let me go back to the beginning of this podcast. The reason why we're revisiting this is because it is such an important concept to understand, but also to constantly work on. We're always going to be cynics in veterinary medicine. We say snarky stuff. I love it. Snarky stuff that only we get. Little fun things that only we get. I mean, that's what medical professionals do. We have sort of a sick, twisted, cynical humor in an effort to protect ourselves from all the bad stuff we see. And there's no shame in that as long as it's the group enjoying it and we're all getting along and it's helping us through some of the tough times. Where cynicism and negativity and not assuming good intention comes into our workplace and becomes detrimental is when everybody's complaining about the weather, each other, how terrible the clients are, the the pets, that annoying barking dog. And that negativity and that cynicism is never going to stop unless we start recognizing it exists. Let me repeat that. The cynicism and the negativity will never stop unless we actually recognize it's existing in our hospitals. We're so used to it. It's just there. It's just a constant thing and we don't know how to get rid of it. But how we get rid of it is by recognizing it's there and then having the emotional intelligence to say, you know what? I don't I don't want to be so angry anymore. I don't want to be cynical all the time. Just maybe a little bit of cynicism again. But I don't want to be there all the time. I don't want to be tired and angry and burned out. I don't want to think the worst of everybody. I would love to be that, you know, sunshine, unicorns, and rainbows walking around like, that person's nice, that person's nice, that person's nice. I get it. It's probably not going to be any one of us. But could we think a little bit less evil thoughts about other people? Yes. We probably could. And that's what assuming good intention is. You know, you think about particularly that brand new veterinary technician and they made a medical mistake. Maybe they've been in the industry for three years, five years, or even 10 years, but they're brand new and they're nervous and they forgot to give a medication. Unfortunately, everybody on the team turns cynical and they walk around the hospital and they'll say to the uh, the veterinarians, you can't trust a new person. Oh, I can't. No, she forgot a medication. We just can't find anyone good anymore. 
assume good intention. That person probably feels terrible. Let's figure out the good way to make sure that they don't forget that medication. Maybe it truly is a one-off rather assuming than the worst technician in the whole world and we never want to utilize them for anything. Then they get driven out of our hospitals and then we go, oh, I'm short staffed. I have no idea why. Um, but in all honesty, how can we go ahead and make sure that we assume good intention? And it starts first with us the recognition, and then it starts with us. Reshaping your own mindset and assuming good intention is very hard. Look, I just literally got called out on Facebook for being a total jerk about a beagle who escaped from a pet sitter. My mind went immediately to hashtag bad pet sitter, Um, And that's certainly not okay. I shouldn't have done it. That's just rude of me. And I called myself out on it as soon as someone pointed it out. I think it's also important for us to keep check with each other. Make sure you have healthy relationships with those in your hospitals where they feel comfortable saying to you, ooh, maybe we want to assume a little bit of good intent there. And you go, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Because sometimes we don't recognize that we're doing it. And we need someone like Facebook friends to call us out and go, Amy, that's not nice. You're absolutely right. I don't mean that there aren't bad people in the world. I'm not saying that there aren't people who don't deserve our cynicism, but the vast majority of things that we're cynical about really are not big deals. So hopefully this podcast reminds you of one of the most important life lessons I have ever been taught, which is to assume good intention. When we can do that, we can take away a little bit of negativity. We can give ourselves back energy. We can give ourselves back positivity and we can actually be less burned out, which I thought was a very interesting finding when I went down this whole entire research and studying on cynicism and found that it's directly correlated to burnout. Honestly, it makes sense, but I didn't know that. And I thought I would share it with you. I hope that this helps. Uh, please check out all of my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. And as always, keep on being a unicorn. 